0: Evaluating things based on like questions like is this safe or is this unsafe, is this pleasurable or is this unpleasurable? You know what I mean? Like there are these questions that are almost kind of binary switches, and they're constantly firing in our heads: is this safe or is this unsafe? Is this pleasurable or is this unpleasurable? Um, is this good or is this bad? Is this true? True or th- is this false? And it isn't clear to me that like any of those. Are separate from each other they seem to kind of all happen at the same time in some respect but what does seem clear to me is is that naturally speaking our deepest hardwiring is probably is it safe or is it unsafe there are other questions that we ask but maybe the one that's the most immediate is is this safe or is this unsafe and and it seems to me that that I, I tie this in with the question of courage and I say okay so the, our, our primary kind of, one of the main ways we evaluate something is, is this safe or is this unsafe? And then you go, say, to World War One and you see a man in a trench, a soldier in a trench, and, like, is it safe or unsafe? Is there, That's been decided, right? And it's unsafe. What gets him out of the trench and onto the battlefield? Well, there, there are other questions that he's asking, and one of them is, is this, is it good or is it bad? Is is staying here good or is staying here bad, and, and so on and so forth. And it seems like like courage is just the, the, the choice of asking those kinds of questions over is it safe or unsafe. So courage is more like, is it good, is it bad, is it right, is it wrong? And you're prioritizing those questions, and the is it safe or unsafe becomes lower down on the chain. Now, I bring all that up because the issue of courage... Moral courage, intellectual courage will be consistently on display in this final message on Proving Christ, which again is an apologetic type message. Uh, It will be on display consistently because every truth bears consequences. And it's difficult to separate the consequences of something from the investigation of it. So, we, we have a problem because uh, we, we have to separate, we have to figure out how to separate the burden of proof, whether something's true or not, from the burden of the truth. It's like, if this is true, what does it do to me? What do, what demands does this truth make on me? And Can I know those demands and objectively investigate the truth, knowing if it's true or false, it might cost me a great deal? So... uh, We've been planning on discussing the question of the historicity of the resurrection this morning, which we will indeed cover, but all of these questions are relevant to that investigation because the resurrection of Jesus is not an amoral claim. If it's true, there's a lot of consequences to it, and some of those consequences are disturbing and so we're not just asking, is this right or is this wrong? Is this true or is this false? But we're also asking, is this safe or is this unsafe? And I would just say, like, this is most unsafe. <laughs> the implications of the resurrection historically, and I'll demonstrate this at the end of the message, the implications of the resurrection are unsafe. They're unsafe to you. They're, they're unsafe to the world and so on and so forth. And, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit further. But I thought as a means of attempting to separate the burden of proof from the burden of the truth, I would create a new story for you that i 'm calling the resurrection of bob so there, so so there's there, the, here's the story of Bob two thousand years ago, Bob was a shepherd in Italy, and um, he was a nice guy, loved pizza, and uh, southern Italy shepherd tending his sheep one day and uh, he, he steps on some loose, some loose rock on the edge of a of a beautiful Mediterranean cliff. And the, the the cliff gives way, and he splats, you know, at the bottom of the cliff. And uh, the, the village people, some of them, not these village people, the the villagers, uh, they they find Bob. Like, what story that happened 2,000 years ago of a man who died and raised, what evidence, what incentives would you need to even want to look into in the first place? And then, like, what evidence stuff that happens inside can only happen a certain way because everything's been designed in a way, or we wouldn't say designed, would we? Uh everything uh, exists in a way that is sort of like, okay, this is what happens because this is the machine, and there is no, uh, there's no outside operator involved here. The world is just the world. It's just a bunch of chemical processes, and so on and so forth. That person, that naturalist, is going to have Sort of. Thank is- here is some kind of combination between uh, of intellectual integrity and cultural relevance. Here's what I mean by that. There really isn't a more influential person in history than Jesus. And so it seems Thank you. Of- i Thank you. This claim, it's, it's a central theme of the entirety of Western civilization. You can probably spend 12 hours doing it. So, so there's that. That's one incentive. The second incentive would be just to answer the insult that the Resurrection actually for moral excellence, and then because he was God, did not succumb to death ultimately. So, uh, for instance, Romans 3.10, uh, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And, and that's. There to be some viable motivations, incentives, for at least spending 12 hours investigating. Let me give you one third. If the resurrection is true, then there is a... Thank I... you. Gracias. Peter 1.16 Peter just says, hey, we're not What is it? Thank you. Shepherd all come up with this all all, I don't, what say, course, all include that it was uh, probably two years after the resurrection of Christ that the resurrection Suddenly, they just create this creed. Or you would say another reasonable approach would say they did believe. was decidedly anti-desurrection. And this is important. No. It's remarkable, one thing